Welcome to Average Joe Meets the UK's Everyday Entrepreneurs, where we talk to all kinds of business owners across the country about how they got started and what it's really like to run their business, so that we can learn and be inspired to start something of our own. Welcome to this episode, where we're finding out all about the story of Ignition Brewery, a brewery and crowdfunded taproom offering great beer to the people of South London. Based on Sydenham High Street, the team, the majority of which have learning disabilities, prepare on a Monday, brew on a Tuesday, bottle on a Wednesday, and are open to the public Thursday, Friday and Saturday, and then they rest on Sunday. Behind Ignition Brewery is Nick O'Shea, who is actually an economist by trade. He also credits many others that have been integral to the success of Ignition Brewery, including some surprising inspiration from a nun he met whilst walking the Camino de Santiago in Spain. We're going to find out how he started this project on the side of his day job and why, what's involved in running a brewery, what Mencap's Tuesday Club is all about, and now why eight years later he's decided to leave the brewery and the business he so successfully set up. Thanks very much, Nick, and happy listening all. Hi, Nick. Hi, Joe. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for joining me. And uh, I thought we'd start off with a shout out to your dad, because I saw on Instagram recently that he came to the rescue after a a box of cider exploded and all over thousands of pounds of T-shirts, and it was your dad who restored them back to their full glory so what a nice dad I guess you've got support from him in your ventures (laughs) I do he's a jolly nice chap and uh, I'm very grateful to him and his washing machine uh, for helping (laughs) yeah it was a desperate moment uh, of misery which has now been turned into something a bit more optimistic (laughs) yeah yeah that's brilliant I'm sure that happens a lot in business um see you're you're my first person where I meet you as you've made the decision to leave the business so not only have we got the start and the middle to cover but also the end and possibly a series two with with you in the future so that's very interesting but can we start maybe at the beginning and, and a bit about yourself before before ignition and, and the events leading up to an ignition for you oh gosh okay yeah sure so uh i'm a lewisham resident uh mm-hmm. and uh i uh i'm an economist by profession and so i've done a sort of range of civil service uh, and banking jobs and then um but since I was about 21 I've volunteered at Tuesday Club which is a Lewisham Mencap disco for people with learning disabilities every Tuesday and uh-huh. uh, I love it pieces and um so I've been doing that whatever job I've been doing on a Tuesday night that's always been my thing um so and that's really I suppose what's got me involved with people who got learning disabilities uh, which is then is what led to the brewery um so right. yeah was there a reason uh, apart from just the goodness of your heart like that that led you that that way or how did you discover the tuesday club well it, it's the it's the o'Shea parent magic again isn't it <laughs> is it is it it's, it's they're not washing t-shirts they're you know uh, they, uh, <laughs> when i was about 21 uh my parents sent me uh two doors down the road to our neighbor hillary who's still there great woman and uh she's a social was a social worker in lewisham and basically they said he needs to do something good. And she was like, right, <laughs> off you go on a Tuesday. Um, and uh, so I, I, that's where I ended up going. And, and it was just one oh, of those right. things where I went and the first sort of three or four weeks were 
um, weird. And then actually, I suddenly began to love it. And then, um, yeah, then just been going ever since. It's about a, just for context, it's basically about 150 people, um, a DJ and some music. And it's in a church hall. And it's just pumping music, loads of dancing, loads of fun, people seeing their friends and, you know, having a great time. That's basically it. Oh, that does sound fun. <laughs> <laughs> So, so that, so that was that was um, that enlightened you to to some of the possibilities of of that side of things. But what about the brewery side? Where did that <laughs> idea come from? Sure. So, um, right. So, the thing about Tuesday Club is it's brilliant, but there are two things people lack. One is a girlfriend or a boyfriend, or love interest, uh, and then the second is a job. And um, I felt of the two, <laughs> I'd probably be better off. So that's where you could help. Job, yeah. <laughs> So uh, anyway, um, so I looked into it and just thought, well, actually, I've got two options here. One is to um, call up various supermarkets or DIY stores and say, look, would you employ our guys? But the first question they're going to ask is, well, how many people do you employ who've got additional needs? So um, I thought, right, do you know what? We'll actually set something up ourselves because how hard can it be? And um, I was doing the yeah. Camino, which is a um, a walk to Santiago in Spain, a religious walk. And a nun um, said to me, you've got to do a brewery. I'll just see a brewery. Just do a brewery. <laughs> so wow. um, I sort of came back and I was like, right, a brewery it is then. Um, so we'd never, none of us had ever actually been to a brewery before um, until the first day where we went and um, brewed some beer, uh, which we did in a sort of collective shared space brewery up in, in London. So, But that's, that's how it, it came about really was, um, yeah, sis, good old Sister Elle's. Uh, telling us that uh, telling me that this was the uh, this is the thing to do wow okay I didn't expect that <laughs> at all um wow so you got chatting to her and and you were saying I want to do something or did she just sort of see it in the in the future for you yeah no so I was, I was basically I think you know a lot of people when they go on these long walks they they just moan about their lives don't they and uh, so and, um, ah, and I think yeah. we've been walking for a long time and you know and I just said you know I just want to I just want to set something up where the guys from Tuesday Club have meaningful jobs, you know, and I, I just can't think what, you know, what can we make? And we were sat in a pub, you know, <laughs> drinking beers. <laughs> and and then she said, well, I think the answer might be staring you in the face, Nick. Wow, that's amazing. That's right. And, and it is true. A walk, a walk can be a good way to, to think about things, can't it? Yes. But, yes. <laughs> so that that's like the idea. And then how on earth do you go from there to, because, you know, brewing and, and breweries, oh. there's a lot of investment involved, a lot of learning if you've not done it before as well. Yeah, we've been very lucky. And I, th- I think the thing I'd, I would say is it's, it's been a team effort. Um, and actually, there's been, you know, a, a group of us along the way who have made all yeah. this happen. And, and you know, it it really has been a group effort. Um, so basically, the first few years were the were the hardest. So the first thing to do was to check would people buy alcohol from our team? So if yeah. someone with, you know, learning differences come towards you and says, hi, do you want hot cider? <laughs> you know, is the member of the public going to go, actually, yeah, you seem great and I'll buy that. So we, yeah. we had a stall in Lewisham Market, uh, which um, in the run up to Christmas and um, yeah, we sold hot cider and mulled wine and just sort of worked out really, were people interested? And, and they were. And I think that's always been at the sort of, crux of ignition is we we basically have a bet which is that i think the, the general public will really love what we're doing if we get the product right but they will really support the team 
they will really want to be behind us. And therefore, this was going to be a goer. And that's really been the thing that's kept us throughout the whole uh, journey has been actually a really solid customer base um, who like what we do and love our beer. I mean, that's it. it that's it. You know, um, yeah. so we did that. And then there was basically a kind of year and a half where just trying to get a space to brew um, because you're trying to do it as a one off. You've got a load of inexperienced people. They've got additional needs you know brewing is people try to be really helpful in brewing but ultimately they've got a day job to do so it took a really long time for us to sort of find a space but we did eventually um go to a sort of shared brewery space where you could rent it for the day um right. and we started to brew. yeah it was great and we started to brew and and then it just built from there really so we we ended up doing large brews um of about two and a half thousand bottles um yeah and then we sold them so we, uh, you know, and there was there was a. So that was that before you had the premises uh, in yes. Sydney, yeah. Yes. And, and and was a lot of the Tuesday Club with you along this journey then, and you were consulting yeah, so there. There were five guys from uh, Tuesday Club who have really been with us, you know, from the start. A couple have now gone on to other jobs, which is great. But there's still three of the original, um, yeah, lucky people <laughs> and, uh, that were there on day one, and um, yeah, and actually it was fine you know because our guys are competent and they're able for it and but actually sometimes you have to have a proof of concept and that's what we did and so we we brewed our beer a friend of mine a very good friend martin reed did our logos and labels we figured yeah. out how to put barcodes on bottles we figured out how to was this all was this on the side of your day job or was this a, yeah. a blend or yeah this was all in your spare time yeah, pretty much. And um, yes. And then, um, yeah, I, I basically I reduced my once it became too big to handle, I then yeah. reduced my hours a bit. So I was doing four days a week and then two days a week on the brewery. Um, if, and, so your day job was four days. Did you have to negotiate that with your whoever, wherever you were working? Because I think um, with, yeah, I sort of channeled my you know, dad really, and, and just explain this is what I was doing rather than negotiated it. But, um, right, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. Yes, if you wish to retain me, take you it or leave it. it. <laughs> um, but, uh, but I think it seems to be the pathway for a lot of people is this side hustle is what they call mm. it, isn't it? So you're, you're getting your job done, you're doing it well, but actually you've also got this other thing. And then the moment you know that it's good to go is when you think, actually, I've got to pick now. I can't do yeah. both. Um, yeah. And then that really was what happened around 2016, I think, 2017, where I then um, took a bit of time out um, and focused on it full time because the amount of paperwork is epic. I mean, you have to have so many licenses um, like you really like there's you know, licenses to brew, licenses to bottle, licenses to sell, licenses to trade to public license yeah. to you know have your building open etc cetera, etc cetera. and then we had to find a building obviously so there was a lot a lot of really boring uh yeah. <laughs> administration yeah. um but it's all very necessary yeah yeah and and you had to do all the training for sort of selling alcohol and and all the things you can and can't do with that as well i understand that's quite a, yeah a so, part of it so it, I've got two trustees, Will and Terry, uh, who are great and brilliant, brilliant guys. And uh, so Will and I had to go and sit our um, uh, license exam. So I, I got 98%, as he's very clear to remind me, he got 100% uh, in the exam. <laughs> um, but we did all that. And a lot of it is just that you have to have lots of different pieces of paper in sequential order, but it's quite yeah. unclear what the sequential order is. So, and suddenly someone could just say to you, well, I'm sorry, this takes four months. 
and until you've got it, you can't do anything. Um, right, so, so there's a lot of time. Yes. Yeah. And were there any moments along that sort of initial journey where you thought, oh, this is too hard? Or was there like an overriding, we can get this done, you know, we, I need to get it done? Uh, sort of... Yeah, I mean, every day. I mean, every day. <laughs> Every, every day was hard. <laughs> every day was hard. I mean, you know, um, we often talk about uh, the experience of we, we once um, did some, we brewed some beer, 2,000 bottles, and um, the sugar uh, amount was wrong. And what happens is, is the more sugar is in a bottle of beer when it's fermenting, the more explosive it becomes. So we essentially ended up with 2,000 bottles of exploding beer. Oops. <laughs> yeah. And and, so, and and they and then so that they just had to be written off or, or was it even dangerous because you got glass exploding or, or well exactly just had to be so written I mean, off basically you're having to open each bottle and pour it away you know? oh, <laughs> two thousand oh, times you know yeah and, yeah um, and that's soul destroying uh, so but um, <laughs> so so I think and most days there was just something like that where not as awful as that but just sort of yeah okay. but I think. Um, there's something about the micro experience day to day and then the macro experience of, but actually we just have to keep going. Right. And yeah. I think that's what you hear from a lot of business people is they, they just keep their eyes on the goal and you just have to wash off the dirt from the day and go, well, you know, we're still headed for the goal. So that's yeah. where, that's what we're doing. <laughs> I, 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 that's the quote I think wash off the dirt from the day <laughs> I like that, I like that. So, so it'd be um so you, you'd sort of done the proof of concept and and you'd been brewing and selling beer and that was all sort of in the was that in marketplaces and Lewisham market how did you sort of go from there to the we were really lucky premises? so um we did a lot of um business to business so a lot of local places gave us a chance so bottle in catford you know tulio runs and he was one of our first customers and was like i love what you're doing i love the fact you're from lewisham i want to really support you and people were just really good and the joy of having um the bottles was you could take them along and try them so actually that made a massive difference because the proof of the pudding is is in the eating and uh, we really had to be able to show the product was there because otherwise people will only buy it once. Um, so from start to finish, we've always made sure that the beer is excellent um, because that's the only way you can say to a customer, here's my proposition. Um, please buy this beer because it's great. But by the way, if you like it, yeah. there's also an additional reason why you there's might like it. And is it hard to get a good a good beer and make a good beer? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've got absolutely no idea how brewing works. So, uh, oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, so, okay, that wasn't um, your bit. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. So, uh, we we have been so lucky. We've had a, a sort of we've had four or five excellent brewers over the period of time. So, people like um, Michaela, Charles, and uh, Rory, who were with us at the beginning, who very kindly agreed to just you know do a day, so we could pay them by the day, um, and they'd come and brew, and then they would leave us, and then come back and help us bottle it or, or whatever, and. Um, and then over, but they have always handled that side because you just need a professional to do it. And a lot of people said, oh, you should go on a brewing course. And I just thought, no, I need to stick to doing the admin, the licenses, the vision. The and the tasting. Yeah. And then free the experts up to just do their job, which is make beer with our team. That That's, yeah, that's quite, um, yeah, that that's a, a, a quite a decision to make, really, because a lot of smaller business owners they they're doing everything—the admin and the, the delivery of the service—and it's 
it's then hard to kind of juggle everything. So yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. A, a big decision. Um, yeah, and then um, so it's it's been like an eight year journey. So when did you get your premises? Because that's quite a, a a change from sort of selling to other businesses. Then you start going to sell to consumers. Yes, What's that journey so, like. Um, so we're based in the Sydenham Centre, which is um, on Sydenham High Street, as I often describe it, the Los Angeles of of South London, and uh, we <laughs> love it there. We're right in the middle. And um, it's a really, you know, it's a really happy, nice, nice place. And um, it was formerly a day centre for people with learning disabilities, ironically. And um, we were given um, the option to rent a space at the very back, which was a bright yellow, and I mean bright yellow, bright yellow, (laughs) three room, um, which a very good friend of mine, Paul Allen, um, who has a painting company, came and stripped out took the ceiling you know made it all white painted it 17 times um myself (laughs) and will took the ceiling out and we suddenly had this you know double height room uh glistening white and uh we then had a really good stroke of luck which is um a chap called david bruce who runs a brewery um he sort of said i love what you're doing um you know how can i help and i was like we need some equipment (laughs) and The next thing I got a phone call from a lovely man called Chris Grumbell, who runs Brewhouse and Kitchen. And he said, yeah. can you come to Southampton tomorrow? Because I'd like you to buy our machinery. Oh, wow. And I thought, okay, we'll go. I haven't got a big budget, but we'll try. Anyway, I got down there and uh, he said, we'll sell it to you for a pound. So oh. um, we basically got our brewing equipment for a pound. Um, and that's the brewing kit we use today. And we brew on it every week or twice a week. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. And it fitted through the windows of the room we were in, not the door, but we got it through the windows. Um, and actually that gave us, that was the moment, you know, where we were like, right, we are ignited, if you like. We are up and running and um, we've got equipment, we've got stuff, we've got premises. We're, we're good to go. This is, yeah. this is now a thing. Yeah. Um, so you, you later, start, yeah, you don't have to rent space anymore. You're, you've got your brewery there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, we, we rent the space, but we. Yeah, Sorry, you did you your yeah the facilities that before exactly. that you were renting. Now you've got your own your exactly. own kit. Yeah, exactly. So we're independent, and um, and then a few more few more bits of paper, and then you know like <laughs> water discharge notices, that kind of thing. Oh, wow, all jolly yeah. necessary. And then um, and then about a year later, I think we realised as a myself, Will and Terry realised that actually it was a bit like. Um, Willy Wonka and the chocolate factory and that you know gates opened and gates shut beer went in beer went out but no one was really clear what was actually happening <laughs> and uh, and we wanted our team to be a bit more front and center they needed a stage to be on so we crowdfunded for a um a tap room at the front of the building um, right. and we got the money to do that from really from the you know the public um which is an amazing and that's kind of been our story all along really which is you know the public are very generous and very supportive but actually had we tried to go down the route of traditional grants and you know council contracts it just would never have happened and i'm really clear on that it's you know we we have succeeded as a business uh, yeah. because of the goodwill of our customers frankly um and that's been a really amazing thing and and the crowdfunding was, you know, it, I guess your part in it was a lot of promotion of of what you were doing, the story, and um, 
in terms of like actually what when you do crowdfunding which is something i haven't come across yet is there something you owe back to to the to the people that fund you or is it um do you have to report back to them or is it just a here's some money go and <laughs> go and deliver us the service yeah yeah or no, we'll so, enjoy I mean, the- so, so i think so the thing i'd say about it is is it's an amazing it's an amazing tool and we've only done it once um, but it is an amazing tool, and we raised twenty. Our target was twenty thousand. We raised twenty four thousand in four weeks, four and a half wow. weeks. Yeah, yeah, and I mean slightly different times than now, but even so, and you know that's amazing. And what you do is people can either donate or you can offer them um, like things in exchange. So you could be a founding member, or you could have a t shirt, or you could have a um a, a beer tab or whatever so people you know that was quite good i think in retrospect i had perhaps underestimated the amount of goodwill so we might have offered a bit less <laughs> than we did <laughs> yeah. a bit generous with what we offered but um but we got to our target and then the other thing i'd say is if you do a crowdfunder um is just check it check your total once a day or once every two days and then just forget about it just you know don't don't be looking at it all the time just leave it be um, yeah. And then obviously at the beginning, get your, you know, your friends and family to donate at the start, because that's what gives you the momentum then. So you go up the rankings and people see what you're doing and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, kind of have a big, a big start and then just try and put it out of your mind. <laughs> and, and just like sort of finding your your um, business customers, I guess this is just a, a marketing job is, yep. of was it pounding the pavements or online digital marketing that that sort of raised awareness of of your crowdfunding and and ignition anyway at the start when you're sort of trying to find customers was was there a lot of marketing involved yeah i mean i think we were very lucky because um we weren't bad on social media we were we were pretty good on that and that that is an amazing communication tool um, but also, I think a lot of people in Sydney are very supportive of their area. They, you know, they want their high street to be good and to be yeah. positive. So I think there was quite a lot of interest in what we were doing. And then, you know, the flip side of we're doing this slightly strange brewery that no one really understands was actually then a real advantage because people were like, "What's this thing I don't understand? Let's do an article." So you know, we were lucky to be on Radio Four, and we were lucky to be in the Financial Times, and and, and those right. things that made us interesting all then helped to get us through the the funding door i guess yeah so you so that that went to get the tap room which is is lovely space and there's all sorts go on on in the tap room not just drinking (laughs) it's an it's an event space isn't it i think mother and baby groups and yoga and it sort of branched out into all different types of things there yeah, we, we've like, so when, when we first took it over, the agreement, well, not even taking it over, so when we first were able to use it, the agreement was there were existing people doing yoga and Pilates and so on, who I have to say were amazingly flexible and kind, forgive the, forgive the pun, they were very flexible, but um, they, um, <laughs> they really um, gave us a chance because, you know, I think if I'd been doing my yoga group and someone said, we're going to have a bar in here, I'd be like, mm, you know. But the, the deal was we'd leave it spotless every night and we'd put all I the see. furniture away behind the bar. So everything would go away. So my core strength during those two years became, you know, I could lift anything Literally. by the end of those two years. And um, <laughs> but, it, but what it meant was is that we were able to share the space. And then obviously COVID then happened, which which has then sort of led to a um, those groups going up to a larger hall upstairs. 
but but obviously B, I think us realizing that we had a bit more of a role in the community than I think we had thought, um, particularly during the lockdown experience. I think. In what way? So we we were only shut in the end for six weeks, um, and mercifully we had an off well we have an off license, which means um, we're able to sell takeaway beer legally. Yeah. And um, so actually we were quite quickly able to divide the building up into brewery. Dave would just come in and brew, you know, isolate him. And then myself and, and the wonderful Susie Corker would come in with face masks, rubber gloves um, and have one beer on tap. And then you could come in between hours of our choosing and you had to bring your own container, which we would sanitize, fill with beer, oh, wow. charge you and go. Yeah. And it was, you know, we had a one-way system. I mean, all these things that you sort of look back on now and just think, gosh, but um, but actually for a lot of people, it was a really important outlet because it was something fun in yeah. a time where actually, obviously, it wasn't fun and you couldn't really, you know, bear to watch the news. And and actually, you could just go over the road with a Dolmio jar, other brands exist, and get <laughs> and come back. And, was that literally know, what people were doing? <laughs> yeah, we had in their jars. Meat. Yeah, bottle of the week competition, a most unusual bottle. Oh, bottle. brilliant. Um, we, did, we have large windows, so we did a poetry competition. We did Christmas decorations. We did, I mean, gosh, we did We did so much. And and, and it was all sort of against the backdrop of our team, you know, have, um, have learning disabilities and often have other problems that go with that. So, you know, they have underlying health conditions. And, you know, in a couple of cases weren't particularly grasping what a pandemic meant because it was a completely new experience and you're trying to explain to someone that there's this invisible thing in the air that's a bit like a cold but could actually kill them but don't worry and but do worry but don't worry (laughs) and it's that sort of like you know worry enough that you don't see anyone but also don't be afraid and and we were trying to you know we were working with the um the local health board to get people vaccinated as quickly as possible um and and trying to you know we we came into an arrangement where we were saying to people look you're working from home because that was sort of the best concept to I suppose describe it which is you know you've not been sacked you've not been sacked it's just that you're working from home until this is over um because you're trying to convey something unique um as we all were but also you know manage those additional risks that we hadn't really ever had to consider before to be honest because we just thought oh okay they've got learning disabilities cool but then you suddenly think, oh, God, and a lung condition and a heart condition and a whatever. So, yeah, interesting. Times. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but but um, yeah, so you, you pivoted. Did, was it hard financially at that time then in terms of for many it was? But did, was it you yeah, able to get the I sales mean, still? We were I mean, we were we were very lucky again. You know, I mean, um, Will had organized a massive brew to be done. We'd done a, a sort of um, a really large bottle brew for some random reason in, in the sort of january so we we had all these bottles of beer that we could deliver um and then he, so he set up a delivery route you know and people were like yeah great i'll, I'll have a crate of beer anyone you know leave it on my doorstep wave at me delivering gloves mm-hmm. terrific so we we were actually fine and we didn't pour any beer away or anything like that and um i think the takeaway option was was really helpful but there was you know from an economic perspective there was an awful lot of grants going around and we were quite careful not to go for anything too big but you know there was covid support grants there was hospitality grants and so on and i think i think in a funny way it's what's propping up a lot of stuff now from what i can see which is i think a lot of businesses banked a lot of money um 
hence we have inflation now um yeah. and a sort of but that i think is is how that now stands up in a very different high street um you know where pints are going up in price and customers income is going down um will be interesting to see but no we were fine financially thank god yeah and then and then um how <clears throat> Day to day, um, what is the sort of looking back at your life before, which is quite different? <laughs> what what are the sort of bits that you enjoy, and what are the? I mean, you're, I guess moving towards why you might be leaving as well. Um, what, what has been like some of the right moments where you you thought, ah, oh, this this was a real achievement, um, and it's unrecognisable from what you were doing before. Like, how do you reflect on that? Um. I suppose, I mean, sometimes it just feels very small, you know, like a very small, we're a small business with us, you know, a couple of hundred grand a year turnover, uh, you know, and we just make beer and sell it. And then that pays the London living wage to the team. You know, that's, it, it seems very, very small. Um, but I suppose on, on good days, um, I guess the achievement is, is that, you know, I'm really pleased that I think we have a business that adds something to the high street. And yeah. for a lot of our team to be seen as an asset is quite an unusual experience. And and actually, you know, we have established ourselves in a really good community of lovely people um, who care about our team and our team care about them. And I, and I think that we live in, in a world now where people are so separated and don't really see different people in it, you know, so much. So it feels a lot more separated than it did 20, 30 years ago. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm not sure why, um, but actually, you know, we have a place where everyone is welcome, and everyone, uh, you know, there's a high chance we'll know your name, and we'll give you a warm welcome and a cold beer. Um, so I suppose that feels like the the achievement, I suppose, and and just being in business. I mean, you know, I keep saying to the guys, you know, look, we're buskers. We've got to we've got to raise, we've got to sell beer to to pay the salaries. That's it, you know. Yeah, yeah, which is hard, and and yeah, buskers, hustlers, yeah, yep. all that, and. <laughs> And it's not, and like most businesses, you're only as good as your last week, month, and it's that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, But massively different from, say, economic policies Mm. and, yeah, those sort of macro strategy things that you might have been doing in your previous life, Mm. where you're sort of washing cider off t shirts and things like that. (laughs) But, um, but, yeah, um, what, what sort of, yeah, getting towards the, this part of your so this is an eight year journey more or less and and how how long have you been doing it sort of full time since the last six years is it full time no, no last uh it's been full time for the last year and a half um so I, oh, I for quit you. my job yeah I quit my job last April well because see during COVID you could work from home and then we were just doing yeah. the takeaway stuff so it was kind of actually it ran itself um but um after that so it's basically April 2022 last year yeah um I just thought actually I either need to get this thing I just need to I need to spend a bit more time just getting you know us us in a good a good sustainable place yeah um, yeah and and sort of you know really I suppose just pay a bit more attention to this because my other job was quite it was just getting a bit quite demanding actually so so, so um um you're sort of almost like getting it running getting it to is it is it that you've reached a stage where it's running it's ticking over it's doing really well and you're able to step away a little bit more now is that where you are in, yeah in that and I, I didn't, yeah it's, it's that and it, it feels I think like it's it's been really amazing I love my team they're the best team ever I've ever worked with um 
but it feels like after eight years, it's time because it is ticking over and actually it could do with some fresh blood. And I think yeah. you should always know when to leave. I'd rather leave where people are saying, oh, that's weird. He's leaving as opposed to, oh, yeah, thank God, you know, <laughs> he finally <laughs> got the message and left, you know. Um, so that's that, that's that. And then I think, you know, just from a personal perspective, it is hard to work Thursday night, Friday night and Saturdays like that. Is, yeah. It is just annoying. Um, and yeah. I'm not getting any younger. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and, I, and I think also um, it, it does, the job does use um, skills and talents that are not natural to me at all. So I can fix a chiller or I can sort out a pump or I can whatever. But actually, that's not my skill set at all. And after a while, it becomes a little bit uh, draining to be doing things thinking I'm actually much better at doing maths or you know yeah. spreadsheets than I am at doing Tap, this tapping into your own genius yeah, yeah. <laughs> well but, such as it is <laughs> <laughs> but do you think that the brewery do you think you'll carry on doing something in this world of working with people with learning disabilities or something to do with beer is it is it are you going to take any of that or is it more are you going to do your own business again or are you going to go into something do you know what you're going to do? <laughs> no, no, not at all. So, um, so beer, I think probably not. <laughs> You've had enough beer. <laughs> had enough beer. It's all right. Uh, it's been lovely, but no. Um, and I think, um, yeah. So the plan is, I'm leaving um, at the end of this month, and then I'm going to just have some time to be free. And yeah. uh, so I, I don't know. I've not applied for any jobs or anything. And um, yeah, just having an empty diary and enjoying that that moment of being relatively young enough to enjoy that um and relatively you know a bit of a financial runway to make that possible not forever but obviously but just for a while yeah um yeah and then to kind of take a decision um on a full tank of petrol and feel like right yeah i feel really great tip top um oh that's a good job i'll go and do that or maybe start a business you know start another business um that kind of thing but I'm going to keep going to Tuesday club <laughs> that's right sure. and keep dancing yeah. in Tuesday club do you yeah, actually do, yeah. do you do, do you dance <laughs> I mean after a fashion yeah no. <laughs> I, I, um, yeah I've got some, I've got some moves, I've got some moves yeah. <laughs> um and I'm just sort of think listening to your story it sounds like there was a lot of uh, community involvement but in order to make have made it a success from your own skill set because some of this podcast is around can an average Joe do this? Can an average person go and set up a company? And no, yours came from a very different angle in that, you know, it was the cause first to give these these guys yeah. something to do, which I, I didn't realise. I thought it was brewery first, but um Good. That's a very good thing that you thought that. That's good. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> That's good. Oh good. Um uh the the it sounds like you, you know, have to be a good networker because you mentioned you've dropped in lots of names and people, and and I, I mean, maybe a bit harder to do that without such a lovely story. But it sounds like you need to be a good networker. You need to tap into um, talking to other brewers to learning about that. What's what, what were sort of some of the skills that you had that made it possible to do all of this? Um, I, I, I'm thinking back to your comment about the Southampton brewer that gate almost sold it to you for a pound like how did they know about that how did they how did you get that <laughs> I think I think um it, it's person-to-person -person networks is is absolutely crucial and that's why you know if you look back in history that's why there's city of London you know industry guilds 
uh, say, yeah. everyone, could, you know, all the locksmiths can get to know each other and, you know, all that. Um, and that's absolutely crucial. You know, you are, in my view, not going to ever be able to set up a business unless you are really willing to get to know people in that sector and because they'll help yeah. you, you know, and brewing is a wonderful industry and people are really helpful and they want to support people and they want to help you um, do your thing. And if you can show that you're not a time waster, that, you know, you've actually got a plan, they will totally, you know, do that. And I think that's true in a lot of, a lot of industries. Um, I think the one thing I would say is very quickly, I stopped using email and, you know, you start you. having to ring people up and, it is excruciating, but you get used to it and you've just got to think to yourself, I need this thing and I'm just going to ring this guy because of all this woman because I've got more chance of getting it than I do sending a beautiful email that takes me half an hour. Yeah. And you've got, you know, you've just got to get on the blower basically or go and see people in person. And I mean, I went to see, I was very lucky, you know, I went to see um, Michael Turner, who's the chief executive of Fuller's or chairman of Fuller's, sorry you know, lovely man, gave us great advice around, you know, never send out beer that is not of the best quality, you know, brilliant, priceless advice. Um, you know, yeah. and I took him some really beautiful cakes from Constor and Cook and he gave me an hour and a half, you know, supposed to give me half an hour. And wow. you know, if you if you go and you've made an effort and you bring some nice cake, you know, people <laughs> are like, oh, wow, thank you. Okay, nice. You know, you're not just looking to, you know, take my advice and, and leave, you know. So, um, so I think that, and then I think just be polite, say thank you, say please, you know, smile. Um, that, that helps. I think that's, that's the best. We said to the guys in the bar, you know, your, your top weapon is smiling. Just give someone a big smile um, yeah. and learn their name, you know, learn their name and, and, and say thanks for coming. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's really good advice, really good advice. And then also be good at the paperwork, which is yeah. the other side <laughs> of it, which sounds quite yeah. um full-on for alcohol companies <laughs> I, I think and i did a, yeah a survey about um it was from america actually and they were saying that the, the number one reason that a lot of small businesses are going is is the level of paperwork and bureaucracy and obviously that's america not here but i can really see it and i i'm efficient at paperwork i'm, I'm good at it but the amount that people need to do is it, i think too much now and and i think that is the thing if you if you're you know how much paperwork do you need to serve someone a beer sort of thing and it, and it's like that in everything and and um i think that is having a chilling effect on on a lot of hospitality industries which is you know do you have this piece of paper not is that bar clean yeah you know, this is the difference it's been lovely to hear your story um i as it's a podcast for people setting up their business i'd love a, a piece of a parting advice from you but also um perhaps a little story that encapsulates your your time at ignition as you head off and do new things so two little things that we'd we'd love to hear from you okay doke i uh right the advice is probably easier um, yeah i think with the with the advice i would say prototype stuff for as little money as possible to test whether people want your product so you know you can survey and you can ask people and all the rest of it but actually you know, if you make hand moisturizer, make some up, you know, get it insured, all the rest of it, but then actually just go and see if you can sell some on a market stall, you know, just yeah. see if, if your customer will actually buy your product. Um, and I think that is the number one thing is that, you know, we started off with standing there in a market stall going, um, you know, do you want to buy our proposition is do you want to buy this beer from this guy? And yeah. that is the thing is that, and every time we've tried something new, 
we've always gone don't spend any money <laughs> let's just yeah. let's just see if we can just, you know, let's try an outdoor bar let's try this let's try that let's do a pop-up because actually sometimes it doesn't work out and we we did um, a, a pop-up in the broadway theater in catford and those they are amazing carmel and her team are amazing people but you know we just couldn't make it work and because you know it was a bit hard to find and there wasn't much to do after you went for a beer so that was really valuable learning because we didn't spend thousands of pounds trying it out we just gave it a shot so I think yeah low cost prototyping is my key piece of advice that's that sounds very wise and 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 not the first person to have mentioned that so there's a pattern and and how about just summing up your your experience as you as you leave uh, and head on to new things, what will you what will you miss? <laughs> um, I'll miss? I'll miss the team. I won't miss bar work and paperwork, you know, I, I, and I won't miss emails <laughs> uh, yeah, at all. Um, but I, th- I think, um, you know, in terms of just just moments and things, it, it's just it's just what you know, watching the team pass their food hygiene exams or you know, someone really, you know, someone coming in and saying, oh, yes, you know, this is our local and it's a brewery, you know, and you're like, oh, okay, you know, good. So, yeah. um, just that kind of stuff where people are like objectively that our team have created something good yeah. and that, you know, actually they're great staff members and they make a nice beer. And I think it's that really is, is you know, we want people to have customer loyalty for our brand and they will only do that if the service is good and the product is nice. And I think that probably is the is the thing that I walk away from is thinking, actually, we all work together and we, as a team, have created a decent set of beers there in a decent tap room. Um, and that's that's great. <laughs>